This is a new year, and uh, hopefully, for, for many of us, that's new starts. Maybe that's uh, resolutions. How many of you made a, a resolution? You've made a legitimate resolution. <laughs> Some of you are like, uh, I don't know. I don't make those anymore. Well, maybe the reason uh, we struggle with resolutions is because sometimes when we hope and pray and even commit to new things, sometimes we don't do so well. How many have ever you've made a resolution that you failed to keep. I'm guilty, right? So all the hands go up, right? So we're learning with experience that we don't do so good at keeping our resolutions. Maybe for a year, maybe a few years, but life is sometimes like a roller coaster. We need, uh, we need to sometimes get back to those commitments. Uh, my kids are a lot of fun, and I think one of the, the, the best times they have, maybe like your kids, is they love video games. I know if I ask for a show of hands, I'm sure some of you adults do as well. well. One of the games that I've been hearing a lot about for a long time is a game called Minecraft. And I think most of you are familiar with that. Let's get a picture of Minecraft up here. I think the kids, when they see this picture, they'll think that, oh, we're finally, finally uh, here in, in a comfort zone. <laughs> do we have that picture? There it is, there it is. Who is this guy, kids? Who is that? Steve, do the adults know this? This is Steve, okay? Um, I don't know much about Steve. I did play Minecraft one time. I'm a really bad dad. I don't play Minecraft with my kids. I probably should learn. I did play one time, and uh, Blaine's gonna laugh. My son's gonna laugh at this. The one time I played, if you know anything about Minecraft, I think I was in survival mode, right, Blaine? I was in survival mode, and I came upon a witch. And if you know anything about Minecraft, witches are hard to find or they're rare in the game. I, I found a witch and I killed her and I survived. And that's like a big thing in Minecraft. How many of you kids have killed a witch in Minecraft? Just a few of you, right? Because those are hard to find. So when, when, when I would be asked, hey, dad, you want to play Minecraft again? I'm like, no, I already, I already did it. I already got my goals. I killed a witch. And so like, Blaine, you haven't killed a witch, right? So I kept rubbing that in his face until finally, like a few months back, he said, hey, dad, I killed a witch. <laughs> so uh, we're now equal in our Minecraft skill. No, he's far better than me. Uh, my kids love Minecraft. As far as I know, and again, I'm not an expert, uh, there are two major modes on Minecraft. Uh, what are the two modes? Somebody yell it out. Creative, yes. What's another one? Survival, yes. So creative mode seems uh, more exciting to me. It's kind of the mode I think that a lot of YouTubers or gamers will show you their pristine buildings, you know, these massive structures that they make on Minecraft. They look like it would take you know, years to make, these huge structures. Uh, creative mode, uh, in that mode, you don't have to worry about getting hungry or hurt. Since you don't have to worry about hunger or health or enemies, you can build massive structures and play in a more relaxed environment. You aren't limited to running or walking either. Flying is also an option in creative mode. Sounds fun, right? You can also have access to every block, tool, weapon, potion, book, and food item available in the game. That's creative mode. Oh, that we could live life in creative mode, right? <laughs> you never die, all resources at your hands, right? You're like, wow, what I could do with a life where I could live in this kind of realm. But let me tell you guys, sorry, life's not a video game. 
Life's not a video game, and kids obviously figure that out eventually. <laughs> Life's not all about video games. Maybe our lives look a little bit more like survival mode in Minecraft. In survival mode, everything you don't have to worry about in creative mode, you now need to worry about. Do you, you understand what I'm getting at, right? You don't have unlimited resources. Uh, you do have unlimited lives, so not really realistic still, right? You still can respawn, as they call it. On the way over, I was, I was testing my illustration again with my kids, and Carson goes, my youngest said, oh, people have respawned in the Bible. I said, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. He said, yeah, yeah, right? People have come back from the dead, so respawning is biblical, right? This is, this is all biblical. But in real life, you know, we're, we're, most of us, unless there's some miraculous intervention, are not going to respawn, right? We're not going to get a restart, a repeat. In survival, there's many enemies. There's hunger. There's danger. There's all those things that could kill you. But in Minecraft survival mode, when you respawn, the one thing is, although you have a new life, a new start, a new chance, you have to go back and find all the things you lost. And so whatever you've been collecting in the game, you now go get a find where you lost those things. I think that's, honestly, that's a good picture of our lives. I think a lot of us going into a new year would like to think that we're living in creative mode. And the world, the culture around us, whether that's YouTube or the news or social media or whatever, it kind of paints this picture that, you know, new year, new you. You can just grab a hold of anything new you want. Uh, you want a new look? Okay, you take this 90-day challenge, right? Uh, you, you need a new business or whatever? I love these guys on Reels, right? Just click these few links and you can make 3000 extra dollars a month. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> Just do this. Copy, paste here, do this, and you're making uh, an extra few thousand a month, right? Life's not like that. Uh, we don't live with unlimited resources, although we live in the land of opportunity, right? How much more do we have than most around the world right here? We're so blessed to be living in America. But often, uh, we do get hurt in this life. Life is a lot like survival mode. We take damage, right? Maybe it's health damage. Maybe it's emotional damage. And often we carry baggage through life and wonder about, really, is there hope in new things? New circumstances, new opportunities, and I don't want to get too uh, down on New Year's Day, but I would, I would just say to us bluntly, if we're going around looking for always the next new thing, or what new thing would satisfy us, even in a new year, uh, we will be left unsatisfied. New things have not always been the best things. I don't know about you, but uh, going into 2022, uh, this past year, I thought, man, we're coming out of COVID, right? This COVID thing is coming to an end. And then little did I know, when I got back to the Philippines last year, oh, to be hit in the face like a, a gut punch with that long quarantine. Can you, can you imagine three weeks in a hotel? That was what our family did. Only to then have another positive in our family and have to stay at home 
another few weeks. Uh, You know, we looked at 2022 and thought everything that was normal before will become normal again. Hoping for that, right? And if I was to ask again for a show of hands, how much normal from 2019 carried over into 2022? A lot of you would say, wow, no, to be honest, Pastor Calvin, a lot changed. A lot changed. My job changed. Something in my family changed. I lost a loved one, so big change, right? Things happened. You know, we were looking in 2022 for maybe that new normal, right? Maybe not a return to the old normal, but they told us a new normal. A new normal has to be a better normal, right? That's what we might have assumed. But it's not always that way, right? New things do not always satisfy. I think what 2022 has taught me, if I could be reflective a little bit, is that um, although we might get back to normal in, in some ways, and although maybe we can start some new normals in some ways, those things do not bring satisfaction. Uh, just getting back to routine and thinking that if I can just pick myself up by the bootstraps and just start again or, or push for this new goal, those things do not bring satisfaction. In fact, sometimes we end up on new paths or new trails and then realize we've wandered from God. Uh, we've wandered away from that still small voice. We've, we've left our first love and have been longing for something different, new. That pursuit of something new is, someone has called it an illusion because life is often on repeat, right? Styles are on repeat, uh, Society issues are on repeat, right? When we look for something new, our real longing as Christians has to finally look upward. Amen? When we long for a new day, a new hope, something eternally new, forever new and real, we have to fix our eyes on heaven and think, wow, isn't it going to be amazing? when I get to see Jesus face to face, when I have a new body, a new, a new mind, a new heart, all these things that this process of, we call it sanctification, my spiritual growth, all these things I've been working on and God's been working in me will finally be brought to full fruition. Thank God for the hope of heaven. Maybe that's just it. We, we long for something better because God has put in us hope. And maybe today, you're, maybe today you would say, well, I'm not a, a, a frequent attender here at Fellowship. Maybe you're here with family for the first time. Uh, maybe you're watching online and you don't normally join these services. I would say one of the biggest evidences that God wants a place in your life, that he's pursuing you and calling you uh, to have a relationship with him, one of the biggest evidences is the fact that you have hope. You have hope. Uh, There's something in you, whether you're far from God or near, that makes you want to live another day, right? It makes you want to pursue something new. And ultimately, we know that the only thing that can satisfy that longing, that desire, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Kids, I was six years old when I finally started a relationship with Jesus. I grew up in church. Uh, The ladies in the nursery, some of those ladies that were there when I was just a baby, uh, still know me today. That's how long I've been in church. 
Uh, that's how long those, those women there in my hometown have known that I've been in church. And I remember growing up in Sunday school, the toddler class, I went to Awana, I was in Cubbies and all that kind of stuff. And I remember um, even having my first crush in Cubbies. That was my, my first crush. We were joking with Carson about the crush he doesn't have. He doesn't have a crush. But we were joking about that and I was reminiscing a minute. I think I was five when I had my first crush in Awana with a girl who, no joke, her name was Love. Love. <laughs> I don't, don't know whatever happened to Love, but I lost her somewhere along the way and found my, my true love. But anyway, five years old. <clears throat> but you know, I grew up in church. I heard the gospel story so many times. Finally, one day it was real to me that Jesus loved me personally. The teacher told us, put your name in the blank, for God so loved Calvin that he gave his only begotten son. It wasn't just a story. It was for me. It was for me. I thank God for the day of my salvation. I thank God for his presence in my life and for being the kind of savior that always welcomes me home. And I, I was giving a little bit of a confession for 2022 because to be honest, there was times in 2022 where I had to come back home to my father for renewal. My title today is Renew Me, Renew Me. And I believe that was the prayer of David in Psalm 51. David had messed up big time. Maybe you'd say he had messed up bigger than any of you, or maybe some of you would say, well, I wasn't, I have not been that bad. We know that David took someone to be his wife that wasn't his wife. He committed the sin of adultery. And Psalm 51 is his repentance as he starts, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Uh, David here was no longer looking for something new, not a new battle, not a new giant, uh, not a new victory. David was just trying to get back to where he was. And that's kind of my, if I could sum up today in just a few sentences, I would say stop pursuing something new. Maybe that's not for you this year. Maybe it is, and that'd be great. I hope you get a new job. I hope you have a new opportunity. I hope maybe your circumstances are better than before. But maybe instead of seeking that new thing, we need to seek renewal, renewal. David said, renew a right spirit in me, here in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. If you know the story, King David had been a warrior king. Ever since he had he had become king up to this point when he committed this sin, he was even constantly on the battlefield. He was busy. He was busy uh, pursuing things. And maybe even the fact that he stayed home during this season, we know the story as it's documented in 1 Samuel. David stayed back at his, at, back at the, at, back at his uh, home when the other kings had went out to war. There was David and his kingdom and his castle. And maybe he was thinking, well, this is my time for a break. Uh, this is my time for something new for me. Uh, this is my time for a change of scenery. And man, did that come back to bite him, right? 
His, his breaking from a routine, his going out of his own uh, routine or his, his way that he had been in as a king, it came back to cost him so much. And here David cries out to God, trying to get back to where he had been. I want to point out number one today, what relies on us. It's, I thought everything's up to God. Well, when it comes to renewal... As someone once told me a long time ago, God has not moved. Calvin, you have. You have. God has not drifted from us. We have drifted from him. Often when it comes to renewal, when it comes to maybe starting off a year like 2023 and saying, God, I'm going to resolve, I'm going to resolute to be renewed before you, to renew my walk with you. Because if I'm honest, I'm not where I used to be. What relies on us? First of all, it's acknowledging God. Very simply, there in verse 1, David addressed God. Have mercy upon me, O God. His first confession was to God. He started the conversation with God, and that led to admitting his sin. He starts to uh, admit all of it. He says in verse 2, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from all my sin." For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. I don't think we'll ever really find renewal till we can be honest about sin. Because that's probably how we drifted in the first place, right? It was the love of money. It was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It was something that, that we started to chase after instead of God. And I'm so thankful that even though I don't have unlimited lives, like in Minecraft, I'm so thankful that with God, I can go back to the place where I lost it, right? I can go back to the place where I left that relationship behind. Maybe it's back at church and you're here today. What a great start to a new year. Uh, maybe it's back in your life group. Maybe you've been away for a while. I don't know. There's nothing that hurts the heart of a pastor more, and I can speak clearly as one, is when we see people drifting and we reach out to help and it seems like we can't fight against whatever's pulling them away. That really hurts. What I'm saying, it doesn't rely on Pastor Tony or Pastor Chris. It doesn't rely on others. The first part of this relies on you. You have to own it. Acknowledging God, admitting sin, and Thirdly, assessing yourself or assessing ourselves. In verses 10 through 12, David here was acknowledging, of course, the sinfulness of his heart in verse 10. Uh, he even admitted that he had had a wrong spirit. He says, renew a right spirit in me. Renew a right spirit in me. I don't know, that, that resonates with me. Our theme even last year for 2022 was renew in 2022. I did not preach this message. This is new. This is a new thing. This isn't just a renewal of an old one. But that was something that resonated with me, even throughout this year. Renew a right spirit versus what? A wrong one. Have you been guilty of that? A wrong spirit, a wrong attitude, a wrong outlook? Renew a right spirit in me. 
Uh, David had a wrong spirit. David even felt far from God. In verse 11, he says, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You might look at that verse and you, you say, that's kind of foolish, David. Why are you, why are you saying or why are you uh, pleading with God not to take his presence from you? David, you have God's presence. God's with you. God's for you. But isn't that interesting? When we're far from God, we doubt the presence of God. We doubt the power of God. We doubt the purposes of God. We, we doubt who God is when we're far from him. We start to question his integrity, question his character. Thirdly, I see here when David assessed himself is that David admits here in verse 12 that he had lost his joy. And maybe that's one of the, the biggest things or the biggest uh, impacts that maybe our drifting could cause is we just get sour. Uh, we get bitter. We get annoying. <laughs> We're not fun to be around. We lose the joy of our salvation and, and no one comes to Christ because of our testimony because we're not happy as a Christian ourselves. May God help us. This is what relies on us. I want to point out number two, what rests on God. I love this in verse one. As soon as David cries out to God, God have mercy on me. Then he follows it. What does he say? According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. God, because you're so merciful, God, because you're so loving, you can forgive me. So he reminds God of what his character is, who he is. So what rests what rest on God is first and foremost his character. He will forgive because that's his nature. He will show mercy. He will be compassionate because that's who God is. And thank God that's who he is because that's not who I am. I have a limited span of patience. Just ask my kids, my wife, right? I have limited resources. I have limited capacity to forgive, right? There's all those expressions, fool me once and all that kind of stuff, right? We don't do well with forgiveness. We might give somebody maybe two or three chances and we're like, oh, you're dead to me. Isn't that our culture today? You're canceled. You're canceled. You offended me. You're not in my life anymore. We're not good at forgiveness. But God is. It's his character. So maybe you're struggling to forgive today. Maybe someone has wronged you greatly. Maybe it's something that you imagine you would never have imagined could have happened to you or to someone else. And you're thinking, I won't ever forgive this person. Can't talk to them, won't be around them. Canceled. Maybe that's your struggle, and I get that. I've also struggled, too, with forgiveness. But when I struggle with forgiveness, the one place God has brought me back to is, again, his character. I'd say, God, I, I'm having trouble forgiving this person, but God, I know that you do. You love this person. And as you start to talk to God in that way and think about how he loves that person, you can't help but show a little more compassion. You can't help but extend a hand. You can't help but hear the Holy Spirit prompting you, wow, maybe you need to take a step toward them instead of away from them. I don't know about you, but God's character 
as it rests on him, can change everything when it comes to renewal. What rests on God? Not only his character, but his compassion. We see it here in verses 6 through 8. David says to God, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. David cries out to God in verses 6 through 10, relying on this trait or this uh, character of God that God would be compassionate. Uh, David takes it to the bank. David relies on it. He rests in it. He feels like it's a guarantee. He just says, God, purge me, uh, cleanse me, forgive me, he, as if he knows that God would. And I would venture to say this wasn't the first time David had had renewal with God. This wasn't the first time. Uh, God had been there for him time and time again. I love that illustration David gives. He says, purge me with hyssop. And not to get all nerdy here, but I did Google that. Maybe you can Google it later. That's really cool. Hyssop was like an herb in the mint family of some kind, but it had a, had a stalk. I grew up in farm country in Ohio. I know all about weeds and stalks and plants and all that kind of thing. I did landscaping for years. Hyssop had a, a pretty sturdy stalk, and so they would cut it. And when, when Moses commanded the children of Israel to paint the doorpost over their house with blood, guess what they used for a paintbrush? Hyssop. When you had an ailment and you needed purification, if you were a leper, guess what they'd give you? Hyssop. They'd give it to you to cleanse you. It would purify you. Interestingly enough, when they gave Jesus, um, when, they, when they put some water up to him, guess what they used at the crucifixion? It was hyssop. Isn't that, isn't that wild? But how much greater does that magnify the cleansing that David knew was a guarantee from God? God, you're not just going to wash me a bit. no. As the song says, and as this says, and I shall be whiter than snow. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The old song says, whiter than snow, whiter than snow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. God can clean us up and restore us like no one can. That's his compassion. And we see his full cleansing as this rests on him I love these words in verses 10, 11, and 12. David says, I have it circled in my Bible, create, create in me a clean heart. When it comes to cleansing, God can bring something to life that never even was there. And that starts with salvation. You can't save yourself. You're not good enough to go to heaven on your own. But God has made a way through the cross that if you call on him, you believe on him, the Bible says you will be saved. You'll be saved. It doesn't take a good man. It doesn't take a perfect man. It doesn't even take a talented man or woman to come to God. The Bible says, while you were still sinning, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for who he is. He can create in us something new. And he does that through the process of growth in our lives after we've trusted in him as our Savior his cleansing is in his creation. His cleansing is in restoration. As David says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He can restore what's been lost. He can bring back and heal what is broken. 
He's involved in creation, restoration, and he's also involved in preservation. Uh, David says here, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Are you going to hold yourself up by your own bootstraps? No, you're not. Are you going to make it through? Are you going to fake it till you make it or just push hard and hustle like you see people on YouTube or Facebook claiming to do? Right? We, we live in this culture that, you know, it, it's, it's so much more than even the old self-made man culture. This culture we live in now is, it's not just believe it and see it and you can achieve it. It's this idea that you have it all and, 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 and just, you know, focus and hustle and your intellect and your willpower and all that. Uh, I'm telling you guys, that's toxic. That's toxic because you can't do it on your own. You cannot preserve yourself, your finances, or your family. The only one that can do that is God. That's it. The only one that can uphold you and hold your life up, even when it feels like things are falling apart, is God. He's the one to create, to restore, and preserve. That's his cleansing. This is what rests on God. And thirdly, I want to point out as we wrap this up, what results for others. So what happens for other people? When I, when I realize or when I uh, confess and look to God, what relies on me when I take responsibility for uh, what I've done or where I've gone or how I've drifted, and as I rest on who God is, what results for others? David, as he was cleansed and restored and uh, back, back with a proper relationship with God, he knew the result. Verse 13, then, notice that, I have that underlined in my Bible as well, then will I teach transgressor, transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. When will, will, will I point people to Christ? When will I teach others about Christ? When will I be a light in the darkness? When I have renewal. When I get back to my proper relationship with God. You say, things in my family have not been great in 2022. You might say, my relationships have been strained. My walk with God has been distant. The call today is not a call for something new. Maybe it is a brand new thing for you. Maybe you're just beginning a relationship with Christ. But I would say for most of us, if we're honest about it, we need to do some returning to where we once were with God. Was there ever a time in your life when you were more passionate about the things of Christ? If we're honest about it, we would all raise our hand, I would say. That time when maybe you first got saved or maybe months after, even years after when you, you shared the gospel with your family members. Maybe you haven't talked to them about the Lord in a long time. I was so encouraged when I just heard recently that my, my mother-in-law, after years and years of sharing the gospel with her brother, I'm talking 20, 30 years he called and talked to my father-in-law and he asked if again he could have the gospel explained to him and he received the gospel. So it's worth it, guys. It's worth it to be renewed and to keep our fellowship with God because you don't know when someone's going to come calling, when they're going to ask and say, can you help me draw closer to God? What results for others is that they see our witness then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. 
I want people to see Christ in my life. I'm a missionary for Pete's sake. Come on. So what gives? What has to change? For me, to stay a missionary, to stay faithful to God 9,000 miles away, what do I need and what do you need? Continual renewal. Continual renewal before God. So people will see my witness and your witness. And I'll speak to others and teach others. I love what someone said. The only way to speak and teach, speak to others and teach others is to do it out of the overflow. I love that. Do it out of the overflow. I can't teach or preach or share or live the Christian life from a cup half empty. I've got to do it from a full cup. I've got to overflow into others' lives and wow, can God use that? When I'm full of his spirit and full of his love and compassion for others, when you're intimate with God and you have a relationship with him, from my experience, you can't help but talk about him because he's that good. He's that good. Others will see your witness and lastly, others will see your worship. Your worship. David goes on and says in verse 15, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. What does he mean, show forth? He's going to be praising so other people can see it. He's showing praise. So the question lies, when do you worship? Where do you worship? Who sees you worship? Is it just here on Sundays? Let me tell you, it's so much more. Worship is in the car, even with the radio off. Worship's when you're in the Word of God and it's speaking to you and you can't help but praise Him. Worship. Maybe one of our greatest testimonies for Christ. I love hearing my kids sing. I love that. I told Adeline and Esther, my two daughters, that the other day. I said, I love hearing you guys sing. Worship how that touches the heart of God and it touches the heart of other people. Something real, something genuine. I've met so many people that came to church and then we asked them, why did you stay in church? They said it was the worship. They'd never heard anything like it before. It drew them in. It drew them to God. So would your prayer be today like it is mine, this first day of 2023? Lord, renew me. Renew me. Renew my relationship with you. Lord, help me get back to where I once was. Lord, renew my worship. Let it come from a place of a broken and contrite heart like David would go on to say. Not a place of pride, but a place of brokenness. God, I need you. Lord, renew my witness. Lord, I want to be used by you. I hope that's your prayer today. God, I want people to come to Christ. I want to see family members' lives turned around. I want to see my community transformed. God, renew my witness. It starts with me. It starts with you.